Hey Doomwitches, before I get into today's episode, I just want to update y'all on a few things. So, the episode that I'm sharing today, I actually recorded last week, and I wasn't particularly sure if I was going to share it or not, because I'm not sure that I fully understand what it is I was trying to express, but I have this feeling that it's going to be important for me to share this anyway. In case any of you are having similar thoughts or similar experiences and would like the validation or need the validation at this point. So that being said, please feel free to contact me on either Instagram or email or whatever, which will all be in the description, if you would like to talk about it. Because I really want to talk about it. I really enjoy talking about it. And I can only go so far when I talk to myself into a microphone. So... Please understand that most of it is a metaphor. I'm not actually advocating to stop communicating with certain beings or whatever. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. I'm just expressing things metaphorically because that's how my brain thinks. And if it doesn't resonate, it doesn't resonate. So see y'all on the other side. You're listening to The Real Witches of the End Times, transmissions straight from the underworld. Hey, Doom Witches, Blood Wizards, Underworld Accountants, and Cloud People. Welcome back to The Real Witches of the End Times. I'm your host, Mana Mueller, and that is my cat meowing for food. (laughs) I had a weird dream last night, and I decided that today is going to be a solo episode. I have been struggling with whether or not I want to make a podcast out of this because I feel like it's going to upset a lot of people, (laughs) but I'm going to do it anyway because I feel like I need to. So before I even start, if this doesn't resonate with you, that's totally fine. I don't expect it to resonate with everyone. It's upsetting in a way, but well, it goes against, I guess, some of the common narratives in the New Age spiritual world. But here it is. For, um, for a while now, I've been really into this idea of the scary angels. And if you've ever gotten a reading with me or listened to pretty much anything that I do or any platform I've been on, you know that I love this oracle deck called the Angel Arium by Peter Moorbacher. And I call it my scary angel deck. And this is 
because I'm very resistant to the idea that angels are these glorious, like, glowing white figures. There's just something very off-putting about that to me. I like to think that if I were to actually be in the presence of an angel, it would be very overwhelming, and I probably wouldn't like what I saw. There's something about, like, if, if a being has that much energetic presence, I don't think in a human body we would be able to handle it in a pleasant way. I think that's, that's a neutral information. It doesn't mean that they're bad. It's just, I think it would be a sensory overload, and we just wouldn't like it. But I got really into Azrael, who's the angel of death, and he doesn't, like, kill you. That's not what he does. It's, and I'm saying he just because that's he's personified as, like, a masculine figure, which is, you know, I, I think that angels are truly genderless. Like, they're just energy. But that's just how I'm going to speak. I was really into the Archangel Azrael, Angel of Death, and he's traditionally like a psychopomp. And what that means is he guides souls or collects souls from the body and helps them cross over. Like he's this idea of the Grim Reaper in a way. And I'm just like really <laughs> love Azrael. I don't know why, I just really resonate with that. And there's a lot of little weird synchronicities in books about characters that remind me of him. And I recently got really interested or noticed other people who kind of remind me of other angels of death, like Metatron or other fallen angels, um, and Abaddon or Azazel or like the fallen angels in general. And if you look into the fallen angels on any platform, you get a lot of like biblical shit. And, you know, the fallen angels are those who defied God and went to share information with humans that wasn't supposed to be shared with them or went and mated with humans or just all of this, like, demonized stuff. And um, I don't really trust anything that the Bible says in that context. So that being said, I think... That there's something interesting about this idea of a fallen angel who comes to earth or falls to earth and is free. Is free to, has all this power, but is free with it. Is not beholden to any larger quote-unquote being. Is not, is at the bottom of the angel hierarchy now and so has essentially no power. It's, it's on our level in a way. There's a really big narrative with spirituality about the archangels, specifically like Michael, Gabriel, Raphael. And there's something that always made me uncomfortable about that, just because it seemed weird to me. Like, who, who are they beholden to? I've always had these questions. Especially Archangel Michael, like, just, like, freaked me out. I don't know why. And not in, like, again, that overwhelming sensory perception way. But in the having, like, a blind trust in that these Archangels have 100% our best interests in mind. When I'm not sure 
I mean, I don't know. Again, this is just, I'm sharing thoughts that I have about this. But I was reading a book. And I finished it yesterday. And I'm not going to give the title of the book or anything. But um, it was a fiction book. And there's a lot of synchronicities for me in this book. Especially towards the beginning. There was a lot of small details about the main character. Who's a half-fae, half-human girl. And the other main character who's a fallen angel. And he's a fallen angel because he defied the archangels well some of the archangels there were some archangels in this book that were in support and protection of the humans and then some that were not but he and a regular angel (laughs) went and fought with the humans in the human rebellion and the humans lost and these angels were either killed or basically sentenced to a lifetime of servitude and like slave slave were slaves so this angel this fallen angel has like a barbed wire tattoo across his brow and um, the mark of a slave on his wrist and he's a fallen angel who is suddenly beholden to the will of other archangels and he gets all these different slaves and fallen angels from this battle get passed around to the remaining angels who are in the good graces of the Asteri, who are the council, the cosmic council above even that of the archangel. And it becomes very evident throughout this book that it's not that the council is evil in any way, it's just that they are truly, truly neutral. Like, a chaotic neutral in a way. Like, it's whatever any resistance or anything that threatens the order or the status quo of anything is just squashed and the archangels sort of adopt that personality and towards the end of this book one of the archangels archangel micah who i think is supposed to represent michael it becomes evident that he's abused his power this whole time And he goes to try and use the main character, this half-fae, half-human girl, um, and her power. And to do so, it kind of requires him to essentially kill her. And he proceeds to kind of try to get whatever he wants. And in doing so, opens all these portals all over the city and it starts that all these weird creatures start coming out of it was he generally his thing was he trying to experiment to see like if it would work and all these beings come running out um, and terrorizing the citizens of the city and destroying it and leveling it like to the point where even um the like the quote-unquote lesser angels can't even get it under control um and the main character defies him and like survives this miraculously because it's a fiction book so the main character doesn't die you know and she runs up the stairs after trying to hold him at bay and she gets this rifle out she's in a store that has a bunch of weird antiques and it's called the god slayer rifle and she puts a bullet in it that's called it has carved into it memento mori 
which says, which means remember that you will die. And she shoots him in the head. She shoots like a regular half human, half fae girl shoots Archangel Michael in the head. And he collapses, but he can self-heal because he's a fucking archangel and shit. So um, she then takes a sword and chops up his body and then pours gasoline on it, lights it on fire, and then vacuums up his ashes with a handheld vacuum cleaner. Meanwhile, this is happening about... A couple hundred miles away, the other main character, the fallen angel of death, he had recently been passed off to a nut for disobeying again to another archangel who is known for her cruelty. Her name is Sandriel in the book. I'm not sure who she's supposed to represent in the regular archangel world, but her name's Sandriel. And she's known for like her centuries of like pure evil and torment and abuse of power and not care for like the everyday person just like her own power is all important and she just abuses this main character constantly and has before for like 50 years or something um and he's like a really strong like people are scared of him dude but like he's actually like terrified of her um and it, like, causes, like, affective reactions in his body. Well, someone's able to, like, use magic to get the, the ink off of his head. So he's suddenly not beholden to her power anymore. While they're all distracted with watching everything happen in the city. And this archangel doesn't notice when Hunt comes up behind her. And he uses his lightning powers that he has in his hands that are now, he can now reach into himself and use to such a capacity that he couldn't while he was still marked as a slave. And he electrocutes her from the inside out and then rips off her head with his bare hands. And there was something about reading both of these scenes yesterday that like really sat with me. And I kind of started to think of it in terms of everything that's going on in the world and how we kind of blindly accept that there's power and goodness and um, like there are good leaders and like all of this stuff and that there's some absolution that we can look to that everything is like going in our favor and reading this just kind of made me realize I was like oh oh we've been conditioned to think that we have no power as like an everyday person with no nothing extraordinary about ourselves and that we are powerless to these beings and I'm not just talking about the archangels but like absolute power maybe in terms of government or money or the one percent but we can take that down I don't know how, but I think that that's very clear that we have to look to where it's the most uncomfortable for us to imagine, but it has to go. 
I had the, well, the dream that I was getting at. It was right before I woke up, and I don't quite remember the specific details of the visual because when I woke up, it felt like it was like a very short, like five second dream. I don't remember the actual case or not, but I remember I was next to a being, like a really big being, and I wasn't sure who it was, but then I remember I flipped over and they put their hands out and did like some energy thing on my back or something. And then I saw the word Remio. And I thought, interesting. Because in my dream, obviously, I didn't recognize that. I just said Remio. And then as I was coming out of my sleep state into my waking state, I heard to my left, right by my ear, something along the lines of, wake up and look in front of you. Like, look what's right in front of you. And it was in this like genderless, sexless voice that I couldn't place. That's not a voice like of anyone in my family or at the house that I'm staying at. And I woke up and was like, oh shit. Because it was like an actual disembodied voice. And the last time I heard that was in, I think, October. September or October, I remember it very vividly. It's, it truly sounded like when someone is talking next to you, like an actual voice you hear, and I'm not just talking about thoughts in my head, like it was like, it felt audible, but I knew it wasn't audible, it was like telepathic, and I went and checked to make sure that there was no one, like up and out, but no one else was awake in my house, so it wasn't like a person. Um, and then I forgot, forgot about this dream for a little bit. And then I remembered it when I was outside talking to someone else on the phone. And I looked up Remiel. And Remiel is not like an angel that I'm familiar with at all. But Remiel was in my angel, my scary angel's oracle deck. And Remiel is an angel of visions. And what I was reading was all about coming to people, the angel comes to people in dreams and helps them perceive visions and can help them, like, give, basically gives instructions to people through their dreams on what it is they should be doing to, like, further process along. But Remio is also a fallen angel. An angel who defied, quote-unquote, God and went to the human realm and now gives knowledge to the humans such as myself so and there was uh, several more synchronicities which I'm not going to get into because they're pretty relevant to my own personal life but this whole idea of the fallen angel who's been demonized as being a true ally, even if we're just talking archetypes here, as opposed to this all-glorious archangel, I think is really important. And I think that as spiritual people, or the New Age folk, we need to 
recheck the spine trust that we put in beings that we assume or think or have been taught that have absolute good and absolute fine intention and what it is that they're actually doing and what is it that they actually represent because there's something that always felt off to me about the idea of even an angel hierarchy in the bible and in other texts too they refer to the angels also as the watchers they watch over the humans so keep an eye out for the fallen watchers in your life because I think those just might be our allies hey it's me again and once again it's after the show thanks for tuning in to the real witches of the end times if you would like to book a reading with me you can do so at mothmana.com or on instagram at mothmanatarot I hope that wherever you are on this night on the supermoon night, that you are, once again, transmuting some of that doom and gloom into something magical. And maybe tonight, it's into a really, really, really perfectly ratioed cup of tea that you don't forget about and leave on the counter until it goes cold. No, this cup of tea, you drink at just the right temperature.